Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. This is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. How you doing, bud? I'm so great right now. Thank you. We have made it to the final chapter. What? How did we do it again? I don't know. So reliable. <laughs> you can always count on us to get there. Absolutely. Uh, we're here to wrap things up about an amazing movie from 1988. Twins! <laughs> <Shit>. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Brother to brother. <laughs> a lot of good music in this last act. A, a lot of brother-related songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will try to sort of recap what's been going on here. Hit me with we it. We got these uh, unlikely twin brothers, Julius and Vincent, played by Schwarzenegger and DeVito. Um, they are trying to track down their origins. Uh, they got a hot tip that led them to New Mexico to meet a scientist that had a hand in the experiment that uh, spawned them. Uh, that's, that's rough <laughs> language. Spawned. They this the you know Julius strong armed the guy a little bit. He told him where they could go and find their mom out at an artist colony north of Santa Fe, New Mexico. So they're going to go check her out. Uh, also. They got a couple of sweet ladies with them, the <laughs> sisters, Linda and Marnie. Both uh, Julius and Vincent both got lucky after a night out on the town in Santa Fe. Um, yeah, that kind of is the and whole they, last chapter. And there was about. a bar fight. There was a bar fight. The Clanes are after Vincent because he owes this this like family of loan sharks money. Uh, what, Vincent's on his way to Houston to yeah. deliver a stolen something or another that's in the yeah. trunk of this car that he stole. And only he and Linda know that that's part of this journey. That's right. That's the real mission, at least the mission that Vincent set out on. But now he's fully like embraced the idea right. of having a mom because he grew up feeling like he was an orphan and that his mom abandoned him. So he's really looking forward to like having that family whole thing that he yeah, missed man. out on. That's a good catch-up. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. So so they wake up after everyone's thoroughly boned <laughs> and they, they they get up and it's time to drive to Whispering Pines, the artist colony, yeah, um to meet Mama Benedict and it's a fucking awesome spread. Oh dude, it's incredible. Like adobe walls, like it's surrounded by mountains. It was apparently this is some type of like Audubon Society property that makes or sense. something. That's um, cool. It's fucking amazing. I would love paradise. to live in a place like that. Um, yeah, Vincent's, Vincent's super like, excited. He's obsessed with how much the property must be worth. <laughs> it must be worth a fortune. 
Although Jewish, Mama's rich. You shouldn't always Bahrus. think. You shouldn't always think about money. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's nice. Mom's loaded. That's a worry <laughs> she won't have to have in old age. Totally. It's good. Like they ring the bell at the gate, and a man comes to the door to tell. Uh, yeah, a man comes to the door. He's like. In great, I feel like this guy's like super suave. He's <laughs> Every like, time we've watched it, you've been like, that dude is yoked. He, I mean, he's just like in great shape for a 40 or 50 something year oh, old. Oh, I bet he was pushing 60. He's like, yeah, he seemed like he was That's in his 50s. Like, yeah. But he's in like great. Anyway, they tell him that they're there to see Marianne Benedict, and he's like, that's not possible. Mm. Which is weird. It's a weird answer okay. to give, yeah. Yeah, but they insist saying she's going to be very happy to see them. But the guy says it's too bad and that they need to write a letter to the Benedict Foundation stating their business and closes the gate. And that's that. Vincent, yeah. Vincent is like <laughs> super excited by this new, by the word foundation. He's millions, Julius. <laughs> Mama's rich. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, we can't take no for an answer. The only alternative, and I'm surprised Julius is into this, was like, we've got a trespass. Uh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I feel like in a true-to-life version of this story, Julius would have said, we have to go back to the hotel and write letters. Yeah. He's he's so amped up, he feels like they're so close I would now. say, like, maybe maybe uh, Vincent's influence on him yeah, is to, like, yeah, Vincent's we got to get off done. on him a little bit. So, yeah, they scale the wall, and I guess we, <laughs> they lift the ladies over with that, them. The spill that Vincent takes over the wall yeah. looked, like, it was pretty great. And, yeah. I mean, it was, that was DeVito. So I don't know what he fell onto. I'm sure there was a mat or some dudes on the other side to catch him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they boost the girls up over Marnie, whatever it is that she's wearing, it's like oh a, my god! It's like a one, it's like a onesie, like a little shorts, satin or a shorts silky, onesie, like little shorts. Oh my god! Um, there's a great, there's a great meme online of, <laughs> of like a girl wearing a onesie like that. And like how all girls feel cute when they're wearing it, uh-huh. but then when they go to the bathroom, they have to like undo the straps, and the whole thing the just whole crumbles thing around off. their around their ankles. There was a great Onion article <laughs> that was like, "Twas hubris that brought me here." It says like, woman <laughs> sitting naked on the toilet at a music festival. <laughs> it's it's the truth, but in this situation, we'll just assume that Marnie peed earlier. Um, <laughs> so they scale, they all scale the property. And it, it is like a paradise inside. Amazing. The spread is amazing. It's all like, it, so it's in the middle of the desert, but it's green, lush. Yeah. Is that, what does that mean? It's irrigated surrounded or is there greenery like that? I, I assume that it's probably irrigated okay. or that it's on a well, a well system. Okay. Um, it's, it's hot. It's a hot piece of property. Oh, amazing. Um, they spot, they immediately spot a sweet old lady and think, is that, do you think that's her? And... In my mind, she's the right age, I guess. I would say that that lady's way too old to be their mother. That's true. She seems eighty. She seems ancient compared to like how Marianne old her mother would have been. Forty-five when she had Marianne. Them. I feel like it was like sixteen <laughs> <laughs> or something. Shit. She was nubile. Something creepy. She was. I'm gonna guess she was twenty-five or less. I would have but said I would have said early 60-ish. 20s. I would have said 20, early 20s and that and the woman that they were looking at was clearly in her 70s or 80s. Yeah, okay, fair. So anyway, it would seem <laughs> to me that Julius would have looked at her and been like, "No, she's too old." Anyway, there's a woman gardening who spots them doing whatever they're doing and asks, Looking "Are you supposed to be here? Should you people be here?" She's real you people. She's real gruff. <laughs> yeah. Right? 
Yeah, so they tell her that they came to see Marianne Benedict and they ask her if she's there. She says Marianne is here, but she should probably call the cops because you're trespassing. I'm trying to think back to my first time ever having seen this. Right. Like, there's zero chance that this woman is not Marianne, right? Like, even a first-time viewing, I feel like it's just obvious this woman is her. They make such a to-do of her seeing them, and immediately you know, like, just because of the way that the camera treats her, the way that she's framed in shots. Yeah. You immediately know that she's a person of some import. Yeah, I just feel like there's not a chance this is this woman's not going to be her. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> they tell her, look, lady, this is a weird situation, and we're Marianne's twin sons. She's, <laughs> she's like, yeah, okay, yeah. but follow me. So she, like, starts to lead them onward. They start to pass the sweet old lady that they saw earlier, and they start to, like, slow up. But she, like, moves right past and they're confused. And then as they're walking, uh, at this point she says, it's an artist colony. Well, there's a lot like, of painters. They're like, we're sorry. We thought this was Marianne Benedict. No. She's like, no, there's a lot of painters here. It, the writing for this section sort of befuddled me. But as they're walking, the Benedicts and the girls are like excitedly talking. You're like, we're going to meet her. We're going to meet her. And then the lady suddenly like wheels around and randomly says that, and no one has a fucking clue why. <laughs> For a time, Marianne Benedict was briefly a very profitable painter and made a lot of money, and she used it to buy this place, and we're like, okay. okay. Why the exposition, lady? <laughs> All right. It's a weird non sequitur, but fine. It's then, strange, especially knowing what we know, that yeah. this is her. It's just a weird way for her to be talking about herself. Right. She never understood why people wanted to buy her paintings. Do you, do you think it's because it's like the, the scene where they were like looking at the lady painting that they were supposed to be like art like art fans or something or the, like they were supposed to be pretending like they were into art and she was like everyone here is an artist it, they just yeah. didn't, they didn't pay it off effectively they give a weird explanation later and we'll talk about it when we get there i guess but yeah it's just the whole thing is kind of clunky i yeah. guess julius at this point notices that the lady keeps referring to marianne in the past tense which as a kid i would never i Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. The lady says Marianne died years ago. Everyone is shocked because she said, you just said Marianne's here, but she says, oh, I meant she's here in spirit. That's a just, shitty thing to do. I feel like if you want to throw them out, then throw them out. But yeah. why, are you, why are you lying to these people? Well, then, then lying to them. Giving break, a very breaking elaborate the truth lie. to them. And then even it, like, let's just say... Let's just say she doesn't believe them, but if you just dropped that bomb, you'd say, can you leave? Or would you say... Just say, get out of here. Or would you say, do you need to, like, sit for a moment? They're, I mean, they're clearly, like, distraught yeah. at this news. She gives them that, like, but you said she was here, and she's like, I meant her spirit. Would you, spirit is always here. Would you say, would you say, we just told you your mother's dead, leave, please? Or would you say, do you need a moment? Do Would you like some tea? I just don't know why she's why she's bothering with such like an elaborate lie why not just say you're not welcome here you're trespassing get off the property and go through the proper channels yeah. thanks if you for want to try by. to talk to marianne yeah, i don't even i yeah it's it's very anyway vincent and julius are 
devastated. But yeah. Vincent's taking it like an utter asshole. It's like, can we get out of here, please? Yeah, like, they're all fucking hurt. Yeah. Um, so it's at this moment we get a cut back to the interior of Whispering Pines, and the woman that we just met um, is speaking to the old lady that we saw right. and reveals herself to be Marianne Benedict. Shocking development. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So she tells her friend that those guys must have been real estate developers that want to turn her property into a golf course and that like, they... If like, that was true, they would know she wasn't dead. They should right. probably know what she looks like. Yeah, real estate developers from the area would know who Marianne Benedict is. And they would, yeah, it's just... It doesn't all add up. It's not like she's a recluse. We have no reason to believe that she's <laughs> so just like JD Salinger. Yeah, out it's here. like like she just has ceased to exist, like Howard Hughes style. She's like drinking <laughs> her piss and not cutting her nails. It's like what the fuck. So, um, yeah, she tells she's like, oh, they were pretending to be my twin sons. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets wistful and says, I well, did have a son once. Would that be an exceptionally bizarre lie for these real estate developers to be trying to push? Yeah. Like, why would they pretend to be twins? Wouldn't she immediately <laughs> Wouldn't she immediately have been on the phone to Traven or Werner to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I mean, I could see her just thinking these guys are full of shit, but why would they, why would they tell such an unbelievable lie? Yeah. That we're twins. Yeah, I don't we're know. We're twin sons. The same reason people believe that the Nigerian prince is trying to. I guess so. Is what you want money. to believe? Yeah. So yeah, she says, "I did have a son once, but he died at birth," and it's very like a sort of a down moment. And then we get an immediate cut to someplace where I wish you and I were right now, which is some roadside like gas station slash burger joint. Amazing like, scenery. Um, the the background panorama is staggeringly beautiful uh linda's trying to look on the bright side saying you know marianne must have been a great human to donate all of her state to help artists he's like do i look like a young artist to you <laughs> what a he, dick he's being a total asshole and then he randomly accuses linda of just being out here because of yeah. the money the money which how would that even be possible? He's like, I know what you're here. I know what you are. I know what you're here for. Oh, it's got he nothing to do with family he, and everything to do with money. Is he insinuating it's like she knows about the thing in the trunk and that's the only reason she invited herself along? Which is bullshit. He knows she's been right up, or die. up on him. Right or die. She knew he was a fuck up. He's like begging her for money, you know, a couple days ago and he was, and she was like still into him. So it's clearly... He's That's a, clearly bullshit. He's a total tool bag. Yeah, she's heartbroken, and right, rightfully so. Um, Julius is like, hey, take it easy. Vincent wheels on him and says he, that he should have never listened to him and that he's got the deal of a lifetime going and that he's been wasting his time looking for a dead mother. And Julius says, I only wanted to piece the family back together. Vincent says there's nothing there but him and three losers. And he is <laughs> fucking harshing the mellow, like, he is big time. He is way, like, w so far past the line. Uh, he, like, runs to the caddy, grabs their suitcases out of the car, <laughs> like, whips them out of the car. That Julius's suitcase. Where were those like, suitcases when they were driving? Just They're sitting, not in the trunk. Sitting in the back seat, it looked like. It is a massive car. Just, yeah. Okay. Um, that suitcase, at least, is fucking empty, by the way. It's just about, <laughs> it it's weightless. Yeah. Then again, Julius doesn't own a lot of clothes. So anyway, 
uh, Linda tells Julius, uh, yeah, so he speeds he up. He ditches him. Yeah, he's like gone. Like that speeds is, out like a cloud of dust. That's unforgivable. All I can think about at that moment is like how good that hamburger probably tasted. Can Greasy. you imagine that roadside hamburger with like some with real onions? It's real thin. Yeah, onions. It was flame broiled or, or charcoal cheese, grilled. American yellow. Yes, American oh my God, cheese. yeah. Fucking delicious French amazing. fries. I want to find that place. We should try. We should definitely try. So Linda at that point tells Julius, look, Vincent's been possessed because there's a thing in the trunk and it's worth it's, a shit ton of money and he's going to get himself killed. And yeah. he, he's sort of like taking it in. We cut to the road at night. Vincent is on the phone finalizing his plans to meet Beetroot in Houston. Mm-hmm. On the other line, on the other end of the line, Beetroot's in his office with, I'm Webster. <laughs> and it and informs him, look, I'm going to make the deal with Vincent. Webster's like, hey, look, I get it. It's just business. You don't care who delivers the engine as long as you get what you want. Totally. I like that he's magnanimous about it. Totally, even if it's disingenuous. Yeah, it's like... We got Beetroot's cronies in there. Yeah, Weiss. Marvin J. McIntyre, a.k.a. Weiss from Running Man, another fucking Arnold friend. I feel like Uh, he just makes friends with people and is just friends forever with the people that he's worked with. Friends are friends forever if Arnold's a friend of you. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet (laughs) deal. Make friends with Arnold and he'll put you in his movies. He'll put you on. Dude, we have to write this movie and then cast like Sven Ole Thornson... Weiss, anyone that's still alive, we have to get them in. This Which movie. one? The one about the, the one clones? that we're yeah that we're talking about the Arnold clones that are in, in the in the eighties <laughs> that they were just cloning Arnold and putting him in movies. Various like he was. Like, there's a dozen different Arnolds. It's like in multiplicity. The world. He couldn't be everywhere at once. <laughs> this is a genius fucking idea. I love it. If you're listening and you steal this idea, we will come for you. I will find you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, cut to the next day at a small airport. Julius is boarding a flight to Houston. He yeah. assures Linda and Marnie, "I'm going to find Vincent and bring him home." Psychic connection, brother to brother. Amazing song <laughs> by the group The Spinners. <laughs> That's hot. Brother to brother, baby. Uh, so we we cue up the montage of Julius tracking down Vincent in Houston. Was that actual like Houston? I really... looking at it. I can I can. Think of a few places that that would be that they could have been. They should have probably sent second unit out there to shoot some. some on the it could have been on the whatever. southern side of the downtown area at the time where which would have been close to like the high rises that they actually filmed in a high I rise. Mean, we are talking like thirty plus years ago as well. Yeah, it so. could have also been in uh, some places in like Oak Ridge or uh, some other like shopping areas where they could have had some like wide street. I can't think of many movies ever that have been set in Houston. Uh, except for Paris, Texas. This is one of the only yeah. ones that I can think of that shows actual I guess footage there's, of Houston. My, my, I guess there's bits of Apollo 13. Oh, oh well, Houston, um, what, we have the, a problem. the Linklater movie with uh, the, about the boy movie. Boys I Life didn't ever watch that called. one. It's in Houston? Yeah, they, they, okay. they shot some of that in Houston, too. So, Julius... You get a lot of that psychic shit. Yeah, like, while he's this. walking around, he steals an epic Cadillac that's got... Longhorns mounted on the grill, <laughs> little revolvers for door handles, spurs. spurs on the mirrors, and there's a fucking repeating rifle or some damn thing like mounted on the back fender. It's amazing, this thing. Yeah, it looks like if you've ever been in Houston or I'm 
there may be one in Austin, but there's definitely one in Dallas. But they're called Hotel Zaza, okay. and and like the uh, like they have some marketing vehicles that are these caddies with longhorns on the front. But then really? they also have airport shuttles, which have or they'll drive you around Houston. But they also have like longhorns uh, thrown up on the on the front. I'm uh, into it. Yeah. So anyway, he steals a car, which is uncharacteristic for Julius. I I love. The, it's the car's fucking like twenty five feet long and it's a two door. It was. God. They were amazing cars. I saw just earlier today. I saw an old Cadillac. Yeah. It was fucking huge and it's a two door. It doesn't a make any sense. Coupe. It's amazing. <laughs> so we see Vincent find his destination. It's a refinery or something we it, can think it of in looks Houston. Like yeah, it looks like oil or something. The actual location was like this water reclamation facility in Los Angeles. Yeah, it looks more like a water reclamation plant because you don't see, like in an oil refinery, you see like big towers and shit. Yeah, which um, they had like some low, sort of low towers. Like low cylindrical towers. Yeah. So yeah, he delivers, he's there to deliver the <laughs> merchandise to beat Roos and fucking Weiss. Weiss, that his goon, whatever his name was, Weiss, does like perhaps the worst frisking I've ever seen. He just pats the guy and he's like, he's clean. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> this is good. Um, I love that Beirut calls Vincent out. You're you're just a guy who stole a car. He starts to give him shit for not being he's like he's just trash talking him for being a small time crook that doesn't even know what he stole. He tells him, he's like, this is a revolutionary fuel injection system for jets. You don't he's even, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> even know that. Yeah. Yeah, it look, and it looks like for a second that Beirut's going to, like, have Weiss kill Vincent. But instead, he's just like, all right, yeah, no, I'm going to pay you. I want to lift a glass real quick to this actor, Trey Wilson's voice. Oh, man. Yeah. He's amazing, he's, dude. Uh, yeah, cheers to Trey Wilson, RIP. He, he died, like... Not even a year after this movie was released. I'm glad I got this one in. What are you sipping on? This is Reformation Brewery right here in Atlanta, Georgia. This is a Stark Toasted... No, Woodstock, Georgia. Excuse me. Reformation Brewery in Woodstock, Georgia. The Stark Toasted Porter. I'm sipping on Monday Night Brewing's uh, yeah. Dust Bunny IPA. How's that? It's a, it's a skunky one. It's yeah. It's like interesting. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, it, I'm a big fan of this toasted porter. This is my second or third time around with this particular brew. I also like that they have the dogwood as their their symbol around that oh, bar there. Oh, okay. But um, a, a porter is a great like cold weather drinking beer. It's like, it'll warm it, you like up. Like a winter warmer um, from the inside out. <laughs> so it looks for a second like Beetroot's gonna have Vincent killed, but for all of his smarminess, Beetroot. It turns out as a crook of integrity. Yes. And he's like, I'm going to pay you your five million and you can be on your way. He slaps that suitcase down. Yeah. He, uh, I love that Vincent's like, hey, can I get a lift back to town? And Beirut's like, fuck you. <laughs> he's like, oh, I like it. He opens the suitcase and he's like, five million bucks. He's like, want to count it? He's like, no, <laughs> no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So as, as Vincent's celebrating his five million dollars, five million dollars. Well, well, the thing that's weird is for them to strand him at Beetroot's, like, facility. It's very strange. Because it is all the sign, like, all the stuff, there's Beetroot. It's what, McKinley, McKinley, McKinley Industries, yeah. like, on all the stuff. So it's weird for them to strand him on their own property. Like, yeah, we're going to leave you here. It would be bizarre for them to at least not, like, drive him out to the end yeah. of, the, of the surface road. Presumably, be like he's going to 
find a phone and call a taxi or something and tell them, yeah, pick me up at McKinley Industries. Which would be more... Now there's a trail. Yeah, it would be more conspicuous. So as Vincent's celebrating, we see Beetroot and Weiss drive off, and then we hear the sound of gunfire. Vincent, like, pokes his head around a corner. We see the car, like, wrecked into a building and the driver shot. So Weiss is gunned down. Yeah. So Vincent makes a run for it uh, and is nearly shot by, we see Webster on top of yeah. one of those, like, cylindrical towers. What with, like, the a, hell kind of gun is that? It's like one of those things that's like a, it looks like one of those things, a machine gun it's slash like a, grenade like launcher. Sh- it's almost like a shotgun or yeah. something with a scope on it, though, or I don't know. It was weird. If it's a shotgun, there's no way. He was pump-actioning it as if it was a shotgun, but if I don't know. If that's the case, then it's a shotgun, and it doesn't make any sense that he could have killed Beetroot and Weiss from that distance. Unless you're shooting buckshot, but you can't... Not from that that's distance. That's not shoot with what's accurate, though. Not, like, not from, like, 100 or 150 feet away with buckshot. He would have wanted an assault rifle. Yeah. Like an M16 or whatever. Or multi- maybe he shot him with one gun, and then we didn't see him switch guns. I think there were two boom. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. He shot. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I just sense. think they picked a gun that they thought looked cool. Uh, yeah, the always. armorer. They told the armorer, "Bring us a couple of cool-looking guns." That looks—that's the gun for us. So he makes a run for it. He's nearly shot. Webster says, "Hey, man, I just want the five million. Give me what's mine, and I'll leave you alone." That reminded me of fucking uh, Tony from Die Hard. Yeah, he's like, "I promise, I won't hurt you." Yeah, <laughs> like again, but his this is—it's like at this point, it's like I don't know what to believe because it's like. Webster. I'll is, tell you who don't believe Webster. But Webster, <laughs> Webster kills people and then lets them go after he said he kills yeah, people all true. the time. It's like you can't. Webster's a loose. He's cannon. a little wishy-washy. Yeah, it's like I don't know what your rules are, man. Anyway, Vincent runs, and as he's running, Julius arrives at the scene. We see Vincent running like through the bowels of whatever this place is. It's McKinley. There's all types of pipe. There's all types of pipelines yeah. and stuff. Yeah, McKinley Industries. And we see him, like, running down some steps. He's like, step, 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 step. And, <laughs> and, and Webster rounds the corner. He's like, he has a clear shot at him. But Julius runs up in the nick of time. He, like, chucks the suitcase. Yeah, lobs the suitcase at him, hits Webster, causing the shot to go off. But up in the air, he's like, leave my brother alone. Yeah, Webster turns on him with the gun. And it's at that moment that Vincent stops in his tracks and he can sense Julius. Yeah, the psychic connection, man, it's still there. But this is the first time... It's gone that way? This is the first time that Vincent has felt a psychic connection. Mm. At least that we've been clued into. Maybe he's, like, muted it all these years or Maybe, but, the past it, but few this days. is the first time on screen that he's True. been, like... He's like, oh. So I, I like that is, like, all of a sudden now they're rubbing off on each other. They're, yeah. they're getting each other's traits. That's definitely happening. So Julius is telling Webster, he's like, relax. Don't be nervous. I hate violence. Plus, I never carry a gun. <laughs> I love he tells him to don't be nervous. That's such a sweet like, thing to say to someone who's going to kill you. Kill. But my, now my clone, John Matrix and Dutch over here, <laughs> they do carry guns. Yeah, Vincent comes back and tells Webster to lower the gun and I'll hand over the cash. Webster wants Vincent to open the case so I could see the money. So he's like, okay, I'll open the case. Then Vincent and Julius begin bickering back and forth about why... Uh, Julius came back, uh, <laughs> and Webster. I love the lot of their arguing. <laughs> Webster's like, "All right, close it." He's like, "Oh, oh close it? Okay, open, it, close it, open it, close it." You know, a thing I read uh, that I'm sure true because the internet's never wrong. 
a five million dollars in hundred dollar bills would weigh a hundred and ten pounds. Damn, that seems like he's a like lot. just running around with the suitcase like it doesn't weigh anything, and that would weigh a fucking shit ton to try to carry around. That's a lot. That's a lot. If you think about it, I guess if it's like just stuffed with dense paper, you that's pretty I, fucking heavy. You and I recently. At least we had knowledge of, if not helped carry. I think I tried to pick one up by myself, but some cinder blocks uh-huh. that your dad was moving around. Okay. Those cinder blocks. Were they heavy as shit? I, I, what do you think they I, weighed? 50? More I, than 50? More. That They had to weigh closer to 100 pounds. Shit. One, one, because, because I remember you saying you thought maybe 50, and then I tried to pick it up. I was like, no. Same 50? Because I remember like lifting like 50-pound bags of uh, buckshot for my uncle because okay. he used to fill his own shells at home. And so anyway, those, yeah, 150 pounds of a suitcase, that's a lot. 110, of, but still. Yeah, whatever, that's that's a lot. You It would throw you, you couldn't just run around with it. No. It'd be like, you'd be dragging it. Not, and especially not DeVito. Nah, he probably only weighs 150. Man, I wish DeVito had played Wolverine. <laughs> Was he supposed to? Well, no, but... He's got the voice for it, the attitude. Wolverine, yeah. Wolverine's supposed to be only 5'3". DeVito's shorter than that. (laughs) Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, Wolverine's only 5'3". Anyway, neither here nor there. (laughs) Anyway, Vincent Vincent and Julius are arguing. Webster interrupts, says, Hey, you've heard this line in this movie. I can't let you go since you've seen my face. He's not consistent on this rule. You you glossed over the fact that, like, Vincent, when he has him close it, he sort of just picks up the case and starts to walk off with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, hey. I think the suitcase belongs to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. He, yeah, he gets, like, <laughs> distracted. It's so awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. And then he says, I, I got to kill you because you've seen my face. But then. So, what? You're still going to kill us even though we gave you the money? Yeah. So, yeah. And so then Julia says, hey, wait a second. You're forgetting the third rule in a crisis situation. <laughs> There's some sort of, like, telepathy again now. I think that the, the Benedict twins telepathy. Telepathy's like on full blast. Yes, and they sort of look at look at each other. They look up at a heavy spool of chain hanging from the ceiling above Webster's head. It's all being laid on like very thickly. They're like, "Oh, the third third rule." Yeah. So Webster was like, "What's the third rule?" And then in unison they say, "Duck," (laughs) and and Vincent pulls a lever, and then a comedically large chain. And a mount of chain. <laughs> yes, I loved it. I mean, the spool hitting just right on the crown of his head would probably kill him. Yeah. But, yeah, then it's a, probably a ton of chain. Like, as in 2,000 pounds of yeah. chain probably is sitting it, on it, him. It, it is Crush a, him, right? It is, a, it is a, a pile of chain that's as tall as Arnold, maybe taller, and as at least as wide. It's, yeah. So it's, it's like... Oh, it, it, it weighed enough to probably have crushed Yeah, him. to crush... To crush uh, I'm Webster! To crush <laughs> Webster Skellington. So... Uh, I, I did it, a little research about the... Because I got... That's how I found the screenplay in the first place. Right. I got curious about the third rule, or the rules in a crisis situation. Oh, yeah? And was this real, or was it fully made up? Like, did it come from some old text? You know, was it fucking Sung Soo or something? Right, right, um, right. So it seems as though it's completely manufactured, but I did find it in the script in the, it would have been the last chapter that we did, after he took out the claims. Right. After the, quoting the second rule, um, that Vincent was supposed to ask him, how many of those rules do you got? And he told him, there, oh, it's quite a few. They were formulated by a kendo swordsman in the 17th century, but their philosophical underpinnings can be applied to many different areas of life. 
I was like, okay. I mean, I'm glad they didn't go there. But I wonder if they're, like, where did that come from? Where did I, that I idea come from? I screenwriters pulling something out of their ass would be my guess. I, I wonder if it do, if it is sort of like I should have Sun Tzu, fa- though. I should have found know. it if it was real. I should have found it. But, you know. You can't beat yourself rate, up now. They, yes. So, anyway, Webster's dead, we gather. He's Ju- smushed. Yeah, Julius thanks Vincent for coming back. Vincent says, we're family. He picks yeah. up the briefcase and says, we're a rich family. We're a rich family. But Julius says, we're going to be a good family and return that money, baby. Return it to who? We don't know. Beetroot's NASA? dead. Yeah, Beetroot's company? It doesn't make any sense. The return, returning the engine? Yes. Yeah. Returning the money? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I just don't... This is the money that Beetroot was using to try to steal the engine. Um, Beat McKinley Industries, CEO. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. just weird. Meanwhile, at Whispering Pines, north of Santa Fe... Marianne's friend, the old lady, shows her the cover of the USA Today on which we see twins, Julius and Vincent, accepting an award for returning a stolen engine. Right. What the fuck? And then it's like, well, wait, they get these guys really are twins? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we cut to, I love that we see an over-the-shoulder shot of the newspaper in Traven's office reading, reading the same the story. Albuquerque Journal has got that story on the front uh, page. Yeah. It's a national story, I Kevin. guess so. Twins return stolen engine or just whatever. Just happened down, down the street. When, when we see Marianne walk in, and he is stunned, and she says, You stole my family, you lying son of a bitch. Lays and, out. like, socks him for being a depraved piece of shit which uh-huh. he deserves, and rightfully so. Um, back in L.A., we see Linda trotting up some stairs to her, we, we think it's her apartment, and finds sure. Vincent on his knees with a flower begging for forgiveness. She says no. Rightfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, no. Yeah. You Remember ditched you, me in the middle of Arizona after you, like, accused me of gold digging or whatever. Yeah. She does, he doesn't deserve another chance. At this point, he's been unfaithful how many times? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just the, there's a litany of reasons that she shouldn't <laughs> be with him. Vincent leaves. Um, she enters her apartment, and it is filled with flowers. Do you think Marnie was in on this? To let him in? Yeah. That's I mean, my that's uh, my take uh, is that Marnie had to have had a key maybe and because she be, wants she's even less likely she and, she and Julius but she knows that she and Julius are going to be together so it's like the path of least it's, resistance it's, it's a, most convenient if you guys are together yeah maybe or we know he's just like he's a pro at fucking breaking and entering I mean that's true he also could have just picked the lock that's I guess true too plus we know he's not hurting for cash as we'll find out in a moment but anyway her apartment is filled with flowers. She goes outside, but Vincent's gone. Those flowers won her over quick. Well, She'd be a fucking fool to let Vincent back into her life. It's the truth. But this is a movie. <laughs> this is a movie. We need a happy She ending. turns around, and Vincent, Danny DeVito, like, crawling on the ground on his knees. He's now, this is the bit that gets me. How? How is he inside the apartment now? Where did he, did he run around back to a fire escape and come Illusions, into the window? Illusions, Michael. Illusions. <laughs> The trick is something a prostitute does for money. Or candy. <laughs> I, I don't know how. It, that's one bit of this movie that's baffled me every time is how did he get into the apartment so quickly? Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't Where know. Where did he go to get in? He must have come through a window or a fire escape Was or something. Was Julius like down, like down around the corner and he ran and like gave him a leg up and like threw him up a window? I have no clue, man, but Ju- it's a good movie moment. Vincent's like a, like a circus midget, like just flies up. I can't say midget on air, but I did. I'm sorry. Like a, <laughs> an acrobat, a small acrobat. A small little acrobat. Anyway, she immediately forgives him. Oh, yeah. It's the romantic, most romantic thing that's ever happened. And then cut to Julius and Vincent working in the newly formed Benedict Corporation, a consulting firm, a so, think tank. Something like the Rand Corporation. Only Lisa. smarter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so having settled all their debts, we find that the boys are left with just over $12,000 after the 50000 reward that they got for returning the money to whoever. Do you think that involves paying the claims back? Uh, must have because twenty Julius, to the claims. Julius wanted to pay to pay them the claims off. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious if you would and pay it back after you beat him up and whatever else. I think that Julius has such high honor, even after the attempts on their lives, that he'd be like, "Yeah, we got to. We got to pay him back. So, otherwise, they're gonna like kill exactly. us. Exactly. They'll come point. back for us sooner or later. So uh, Vincent seems down. Um, Julius says he's upset because he made him return the briefcase. And then I love this. Oh, oh, you mean the money, the four million dollars. <laughs> they lay it on so thick. <laughs> so so he stole a million dollars. Just think dollars. about it. Think about it. That's a lot of money, Jules. Four million dollars. Just say it. Four million dollars. So, like so, so he stole a million. He snuck it out of there somehow, I guess. Yeah, he skimmed it. What did Vincent do with a million dollars? He tucked it under a mattress. I'm yeah, assuming so. it's just hidden somewhere. Or did he? Is it? Some is of the floorboards in the house. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, Marianne, at that point, comes a Colin with a teddy bear. <laughs> that, bring in the teddy bear. That's a weird flex. Her, her and her hairstyle <laughs> is something. We don't. It, it's like, you know, it's like an animal. She says she can't tell which one is which. Uh, okay. I, I don't even. Yeah. Okay. Because you know their names, but no, I don't. Okay, that makes sense. It's That's a joke. It's not, I yeah. get it. It's. Um, she says she's sorry she didn't believe him, but the story was so unbelievable. We're all there with you. She's dead ass right about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she remarks that I was like, you found each other, and then then you found me, and there are tears in her eyes. It's a heartwarming moment. They realize she's their mom. Yeah. And and just mama. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of um, uh, Land Before Time, like. Well, Littlefoot? Yeah, like Littlefoot and all the, like, there's one dinosaur, like, Mama, like, right? Or, or, no, I think about that live-action dinosaur show. Yeah. Not it, the Mama. Yeah, not the Mama, not the Mama. That's, that's what it is. Some, something hatching from an egg. Shit. Not the Mama, not the Mama. Yeah. Vito so, milks the hell out of that scene where he's like, Mama. I fucking love DeVito. I We really need to watch Through Mama from the Train again. So good. Yeah. I think this moment means more to Vincent than it does to Julius. He's lived without love, like without any kind of nurturing in his whole life. And to me, there has to have been a part of Julius that was like optimistic that the right thing was going to happen. Yeah. And he's got a you good know? life, even if whatever, if mom really yeah, is he's, dead. He's or... satisfied with the fact that he rec- like he's built this life with his brother now. Yeah. So anyway... Cut to sometime later, we see Marianne, the mom, Linda, Marnie, and Werner some, some fucking Nazi Werner, <laughs> and we're all at the zoo or some damn place. 
I got then, beef with this. Yeah. Didn't didn't Werner also know that Marianne wasn't dead? Yeah. And Werner's he's been complicit. lying. He's been lying to Julius the same. Like, why is it unforgivable for Traven? And it's all all is forgiven yeah. for Werner. Why is not Traven there at the zoo that day? Well, I almost got the impression that like. Werner and Mary Ann were like together coupled up. Yeah. Why it, are all the women wearing white? It's Easter. Is that what it is? It's not like <laughs> baptism day or the, something? Christening? The, the thing that I get, the thing that I took from seeing uh, all of it, it was very Easter imagery. I with buy the that. Mary, the with the, Mary, the merry-go-round in the background, Easter hats, all white. Okay. Everything pointed to it's the holidays. It's a time of rebirth, renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of so. Then we see Vincent and Julius like rolling up in matching suits again, each each pushing a set of twins and strollers. Were were those the same babies from the open? You think like no, guaranteed they were different. They were different? Studio, yeah, different studio babies. <laughs> I do feel like every time, like every little child actor you get is probably a twin because that allows yeah. you to like work longer hours. Yep. And then Werner snaps a family portrait that he's going to put fucking in his, like, Los Alamos files. And, like, dear diary, you'll never believe what happened today. <laughs> day, day 6,000 of experiment has gone like, perfectly yeah. to plan. Clone number 47. <laughs> yeah, did he, in, did he impregnate Linda and Marnie? Oh, I don't even know, man. Nah, they did that the old-fashioned way. Oh, God. Anyway, that's how the movie ends. Fucking roll credits. Twins! That, that ridiculous song, Twins, by Philip Bailey and Little Richard. Little Richard? This, the lyrics on this song, I'm just going to read you a couple of them. Hit me. Twins, united outside and in. When you're twins, the magic just never ends. Okay. okay we got, if one of me, if one me is good, then two is better. Uh, okay. And we got... We're not your average family. We got benefits most people never see. <laughs> Fucking what? what? <laughs> what I don't know. Man, I don't know. I feel like they just said, how much money is it going to take? What do we got to put I, on this check to get you to write a song about twins? At first listen, that just makes me think it's like telepathy. It's like an internal connection. So, I don't know. Okay. Twins! That's the fucking flick, though. We did it. We did it. I mean, I want to talk a little bit more about Hit, the movie. Uh, yeah, we, no, we definitely. I, I, I love this movie. Tell me more. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger said on this podcast I was listening to that basically he'd run into Reitman at like the Aspen Film Festival or something. Mm-hmm. He told Reitman he wanted to do a movie with him. Uh, Reitman was like, yeah, sure, okay. And then, like, you know, over the course of the weekend or whatever, they bumped into each other some more times. And then Arnold said that Reitman approached him and he said, you know, you got a side to you that most people don't know about. Like, you're a funny guy. And I think, you know, they said, well, you know, yeah, when you like give me like, I want to work with you. Give me some ideas that you got. Give me some projects or whatever when you get back in L.A. So Arnold says when they first brought the script to him. It was called The Experiment. Okay. Which he said that they decided they needed to change that name because they thought it had, like, Nazi connotations to it. And it still does, <laughs> but yeah. So I think Arnold said it was him that, like, hit on the idea that, you know, what if the twin was, like, an opposite? You know, what if we cast DeVito in the part? And um, they really loved that idea. So another thing I read, which was nuts, is that 
they were in production. The movie was known as like the Twins Project because there was another movie in production called Twins at the time. Uh-huh. There was this Cronenberg movie that went on to like, but the Cronenberg and Reitman like knew each other and he convinced them to like let us have the name Twins. And the Cronenberg movie turned into this movie called Dead Ringers. Did you ever watch that with no. Jeremy Irons? No, I think I've heard about it, but I've never Dude, seen it. Dude, I watched it like last week because I was curious. It's on Prime for free. Oh, cool. Um, that movie's fucked. I mean, as <laughs> as Cronenberg, Cronenberg movies, yeah. Like right, uh, Jeremy Irons plays these two twin brothers, twin brothers who are gynecologists who like take sexual advantage of their patients and. It's really That's fucked. Rough. That's rough. Um, and there's like all types of fucking fucked upness happening in the movie. Cronenberg, why? But I also read that there was like some type of a legal battle involved over the title of the movie. So I don't know if it was that friendly or not that they got the title. But um, yeah, it became interesting. They got the title Twins. Uh, the movie premiered at the Kennedy Center in D.C. It was like a benefit for the Special Olympics, which is badass. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's a that was always like a Schwarzenegger. I think a a passion of his. So I just like the. I remember that like, from elementary school. Totally. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm not just making that up. No. And then Schwarzenegger was big on that, like President's Council on Physical Fitness. Yep, I remember that. Did too. he used to have to do those like drills, like reach and like sit and reach on that box? Like how many inches can you reach? How yeah, flexible you are? How many how yeah, many sit ups can you do in a yeah, minute? And I remember we did all that kind of stuff, and I was such a fucking like. Love. I was just like, mm, can't do nothing. Oh, I was fucking worthless at that stuff. Um, the movie came out. It got bad reviews, but it made, a, reviews. it made a shit ton of money. Uh, 112 million domestically, mm-hmm. over 200 million worldwide. Damn. Okay. Um, I read that it was only the sixth Universal movie to make over a hundred million dollars at that time. It was in good company, dude. The other movies I looked up were E.T., Jaws, <laughs> Back to the Future, The Sting, and Animal House, and Twins were the $600 million Universal Pictures. Of, of the other five, <laughs> I, I would say that they're arguably a little better. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it was in good-ass company. How Hell yeah, that? that's awesome. It's <laughs> amazing to me. Um, this movie was the 16th. It came out in December. Okay. Of 88. It was the 16th highest grossing movie for 1988 and the 15th highest grossing movie for 1989. Shit. Which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Did really well. Bang and Bank. Um, yeah. And that's fucking twins, man. I didn't really look into like what were the other big ones of that year. I know Batman was 89 and that fucking crushed everything. Man, um, the 80s were such a good time for movies. And yeah, Schwarzenegger was just crushing the game. Well, this took him to that another level, right? Yeah. Like, oh shit, you can do anything. Like, and, you're and, funny. And we you can also, do family. We also talked about like this this movie, him showing a different sort of range that he than he'd ever shown to this point. Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe if he doesn't do something like this, then something like True Lies doesn't ever get totally. made. You know, because it shows that he can. He can act besides just brooding. He can deliver lines. He can, he yeah. can show emotion. And not that the movie was good, but he no. probably doesn't get something like Batman and Robin. Yeah. Where he's like playing, like, got to deliver these funny like one-liners and stuff. Yeah. I mean, 
Kindergarten Cop obviously was like fucking brilliant. I can't wait to talk about that movie. Kindergarten Cop is It's genius. amazing. Yeah. Somehow it didn't make as much money as this movie. I would have thought it would have done better. I feel like it's probably because even with little kids, it's it's a little bit darker. It's movie. dark for kids, and I feel like for people who liked Arnold for the action shit, they probably felt like it was a kiddie movie. Man, Kindergarten Cop's great. It really Twins is, is great, too. I feel like <laughs> Kindergarten Cop's better than Twins, though. Just empirically, yeah, like, I, it's a more interesting I agree. I agree. story. It's Yeah, but I love them both. Yeah, the acting, the acting in that one's good, too. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, um, Twins Twins is near and dear to our hearts. We've been watching it for a lot of years. We'll continue to watch it. Cause it's awesome. <laughs> yes, indeed we will. Bet your brother sweet ass. Brother Twins! <laughs> United Outside and In. Uh, that's, it, <laughs> it's something. You say it like it's kind of dirty. It sounds gross. Little Richard, brother damn it. fuckers. <laughs> oh god, damn it. what the fuck is that? I don't know. That's familiar to me though. Anyway, <laughs> I don't have a brother, so anyway, I don't know. I, I guess we're done talking about twins now. I think we're we gonna should. go drink beer and watch Price is Right. We <laughs> hope all of you are having a a good uh, spring. It's early spring. <laughs> <laughs> it, sure it is. By the time this is, yeah, it's springish. Yeah, it's spring now. Spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. Uh, we'll be back. Hasta la vista, babies. Hasta la vista, babies.